1: I'm Suzanne Fritz Hansen, enthusiastic iPhone picture taker, and
0: I'm Michael Rubin, photographer, founder of Neo Modern, and grumpy old man. And we're in San Francisco tonight. Welcome. Hey, Suzanne. Hey, Ruben. How you doing?
1: I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm
0: okay. How's your uh?
1: Your My throat? voice. Yeah. Um, I think you can hear. It. It's it's almost back. Um, I did lose it completely where we had to reschedule. <laughs> we were going to record, and I had to call you, to, you to sound like a duck. But I
0: didn't, even when you called me, I couldn't even make out what you were saying. <laughs> it was very strange. I thought you were, honestly, I thought you were like dying. It oh, sounded no. terrible. It's
1: like, <laughs> I don't know, was really weird. Um, yeah, I'm still a little rough around the edges, but it's, uh, I can at least make sound. I, it was actually so bad. I was um, out, and it was supposed to be like networking at this event, and I couldn't speak, and so I had to communicate through the big, words app on my phone. I would literally like, text, you know, kind of writing it out and then show it to people across the circle. Wow. It was loud. And my voice, my voice just wouldn't even make a sound. Did it was you, awful.
0: That's terrible. Did you go to Dreamforce this week?
1: I did. Yeah. I was there uh, walking around. It is just, it's massive. I mean, it's kind of like a, a the scale of nothing else. Really? Have remarkable. you gone to
0: like trade shows in Vegas, which are all like CES, which are big and it's
1: they are, but it's what's different is that is a lot of different sort of exhibitors. This is just one voice. This is one exhi- <laughs> it feels like a campus. And Monolithic. from the moment you kinda of cross between third and step onto Howard, which is this was this amazing park with waterfalls and this tension structure with trees growing on the inside wow. and band and um it is just it it is pretty phenomenal.
0: That's Cool. Did you yeah. see Alexa there?
1: I did. Yeah, I saw her and she was in the middle of painting someone. Oh, that's what um, she does. That's so I, uh, Yeah, so I kind of actually took a couple pictures. Cool. Not in a hopefully creepy way, but um, I took a couple pictures and then didn't have a chance to say hi. So she, yeah, she it looked awesome. I was seeing some of the pictures that um, people had posed. She, she was like painting the, their bodies and then they would stand in the space and kind of like disappear with this... Uh, Painted background and She's painted such, jackets such and cool, painted everything.
0: It's really a cool thing. I wanted to, I wanted to put her on the podcast when she was over at Neo Modern the other day, and yeah. she uh, just doesn't like was to having be, none of it. She doesn't want to do t- talk. She doesn't want to talk.
1: That's fine. I, I guess. Think, um, although I think she is very, very interesting. and she Fascinating.
0: Is, I'd wanted. I'd like. I wanted to ask her more about how she came up with sort of doing that yeah. painting people into two D. Yeah, it's a weird thing, and at least when I first met her. She really thought of herself as a photographer. She described herself as a photographer, and I thought of her as a painter. Interesting. But she sort of paints to, It's the same way a photographer might set up something to shoot. Yeah. She, that's was her setup. I don't know if she still feels that way, but that was something she had said back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I wanted to apologize to our listeners for the audio quality in the last a few episodes it's been it, it just got out of hand yeah and i think we finally maxed out how bad it was and hopefully from <laughs> here hit forward rock bottom.
1: is that what you're saying <laughs> yeah well you got to hit rock bottom <laughs> you before
0: you can pull out of that and uh so i'm hopeful that this episode and all subsequent episodes are you know reasonable acoustic oh fantastic
1: I, I hope so too um yeah was let bad. us know if my sister wrote and terrible. said it sounded
0: like you guys were recording in a shower
1: oh we weren't, but, you know, good to know. <laughs> you know, you sing in the shower. I guess you're not supposed to record podcasts well, we used in to record shower. in the closet. so So
0: maybe, uh, don't you feel like we've come a long way?
1: We, we certainly have. I'm, like, very cozy on this, yeah. like, lovely couch. I'm under a blanket with a It my only pillow. took
0: a year. So this is a year well, in. My
1: goodness, it is.
0: And we've done 91 episodes.
1: Wow, high five on that yeah, one. Yeah,
0: right. It's pretty good. i, I, I got to say it's pretty good. And I've been, in, I've been surprised that... Uh, yeah, you know, more more people listen every week mm-hmm. and um
1: despite the poor audio in, in quality. Spite of
0: the poor audio So think how good it will be when we actually <laughs> sound like we're sitting somewhere uh, professional. Um what else did I want to talk about? A lot going on, it's the holidays. I know. Are you we going are almost anywhere? at
1: Thanksgiving. Yep. Um we are going to Reno for just kind of the weekend. Just a short burst of a trip. Hmm.
0: For actual Thanksgiving or for the after Thanksgiving? For
1: actual Thanksgiving, um, I'm actually going to go a day early and kind of help set things up. My, my family moved there a oh. few years ago. So okay. We're going for families. I'm not from Reno, but I, I do have a soft spot in my heart for Reno.
0: I've only kind of gone through Reno. Yeah. I don't actually go to Reno. It's
1: worth th- a stop. It's Is the it? biggest little city. Cool.
0: Um, well, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about today, uh, we don't have any guests today. Okay. We're the guests. <laughs> You're the guest. So
1: be entertaining. I'm
0: going to try to Make my hat shine. Well, a couple <laughs> things I wanted to talk about. One was, I think it's like the hobby of photography. Mm-hmm. You know, there used to be people who considered themselves hobbyists, and they would, there was hobby magazines. You'd get f- photography right. magazine, yes. and there was ads for learning how to take, but you know, and, and I think that the people who were into photography, it's both sort of creative and technical, and there, It could has a lot of range there, and if you're a gearhead, it's a perfect hobby mm-hmm. because you can just get lots of gear. Uh, I, I think over the years, some of that was supplanted by people who became like tech computer geeks. And they're mm-hmm. like, I got a new drive. I got the high rpm this right. and a <laughs> graphics card. And a K7000. And, yeah, it's just... <laughs> But I think that um, now that photography is ubiquitous, everyone's got a nice camera, and there's software all over the place for, mm-hmm. for, ranging from Photoshop and Lightroom at one end of the spectrum and just whatever's on your phone on the other, right that it like there's no excuse in one hand that if you if you're interested in the hobby of photography, if you do it for fun, you can't stop yourself mm-hmm. and you're not trying to become a career photographer. You've got a regular job and family and all that. Um, There's never been a better time, Mm -hmm. right? But I think that the thing, and and I I say this on the show all the time, but like I realized it the other day that you really are only doing half the hobby if you're just taking pictures. Taking pictures is only half of photography. Yeah. And what I have started to do is, it's not, I wouldn't say that it's regular. It's not like every Thursday from seven to nine, but sort of weekly, I sit down with what pictures I've taken over the past few weeks, mm-hmm. whatever that period is, and I go through them. And you know, some I've posted to Instagram as the weeks have gone by. Some have shown up in social media, but that is the moment where I'm making a judgment call that I want to print. I want to see this printed, mm-hmm. and that really is the the other end of that arc that yeah. is photography. You know, you take a picture, but that's just—I mean, you just take pictures that's I guess I'd nothing. say it's
1: maybe not even half maybe it's just a third because I think the other piece and what I find really interesting in a lot of the conversations we've had with different photographers is how they look at their work how do they go back and they edit it and they rank it and they select from that whether mm-hmm. they're doing you know early prints or they're just you know they're really kind of going through and analyzing them or giving themselves time or making that decision right away whatever their process but it's like you have to make that sort of curation is. Part, you know, it was absolutely part of photography. Mm-hmm. And then the other part is absolutely sharing it, printing it, putting it out there mm-hmm. so you can look at it again. Otherwise it just dies in your phone and you, you know, you, you don't revisit it. It's these captured moments that effectively die.
0: They didn't, it's like it didn't happen. No, it's surprising <clears throat> to me that I can have a picture that I've posted or that I like a lot. I, mm-hmm. I really like it. And when I, and I've got a printer mm-hmm. and I've got all the stuff I need. I right. mean, no one's more set up than I right. am, right? right? Okay, I got a gallery. <laughs> I got printing stuff. I got experts. I have all the supplies I need and I sit down and like, I'm going to print this afternoon mm-hmm. and I pull up the pictures that I loved from the prior couple of weeks and yeah. I look at it and mm, and it's just not, it doesn't rise to that level. Hmm. And I'm always amazed at how hard that that barrier is. That it, it things don't d- deserve to be printed often. They're like it's an okay photograph, but it's just not anything much. And it is that instant of like, do I waste the dollar fifty or couple bucks of paper and the few bucks of ink? Mm-hmm. Like am I really unwilling to like do that extra work to see this one? Mm-hmm. And usually, what happens in my head is, I think, there must, there's another one that I like more. Like, mm-hmm. let's not do, I'll, 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 that one's like lower on the list. It's not bad. I yeah. just like, let's find the one that I loved more. And it's a never ending process. I go back to the one I loved more and there was something else I loved more than that. Right. And and I can't decide, is this the one I want to print? And
1: I see, it's so funny because I sort of approach it differently. I would rather, if I if I feel strong strongly enough about a photo where I'm like, I like it. Like, let's just see where it goes. I'd rather just print them out Mm -hmm. and then see them out. Cause I think it's not fair to sort of fully judge it um, just on the screen, especially on like a little tiny iPhone. So I'd rather just have them out and then I can decide, yeah, this is the one I want. This is the one I really like. Rather, otherwise, you get stuck in this cycle of like indecision, and it's like you yeah. can never. How do you really break well, out? I think
0: that's why it's good to do it with some more frequency, so you're not yeah, yeah, yeah. because the it's longer so you wait, the higher the bar that you've set for yourself is I agree. like what's the best one over the past six months of the yeah. year, and you're you're totally screwed if it's December and you're trying to do the best picture of the year.
1: I also feel like oh, you do you much. set the bar higher for yourself than others? I mean, I think for Maybe. me, I don't have the same concern about like my reputation as a photographer because i wouldn't i'm not i'm not there i don't i wouldn't call myself a photographer just i enjoy taking pictures and i um enjoy getting better i guess but even then it's like i i don't have that same level of pressure i'm almost sort of enthusiastic at any level (laughs) you know (laughs) i mean I, i
0: yeah no i i think that i there is the question I would ask myself, which is: Is that worthy of me? Right. You know, do <laughs> I want people to think I took that? Is that right. good enough? Um, no. It's. I mean, it's good to set internal thresholds. I think you're trying to. What was I the last
1: picture you printed?
0: I printed. Well, just the other day, um, I, I went back over the past couple of days. I went out. Um, what was it? Okay, about a week or two ago, I had an eye doctor appointment, uh-huh. and I was way down on Van Ness, but um, down by O'Farrell. Okay. And after the appointment, I was walking, you know, I'm, I'm dilated, mm-hmm. so I'm, I, I'm just kind of wandering around, bumping into things, and I can kind of see, <laughs> and right next to the eye clinic place is a building that's being ripped down, mm-hmm. and I'm standing there watching, and I've never seen such, I mean, I've watched, I guess maybe I've never seen buildings get ripped up. Anyway, there were piles of materials metal and bent steel and all the concrete. And I thought, I wish I had my camera. I took a picture with my phone. Yeah. But I felt like I needed a a little more zoom. I couldn't get into the construction site. They weren't going to let me in. It looked dangerous. And it's fair. I get it. Reasonable. And so I told myself, (laughs) I'm going to come back here and shoot. And then every day I'd wake up and think oh, I, don't know, I don't want to go down over do down, down Van Ness in the morning, <laughs> and I kept putting it off. And then I was starting to get panic that the building was going to be gone. gone. Yeah. yeah, they're ripping it down. I don't know how fast it takes to to destroy a building. You know, so faster I faster down than up. Huh?
1: It goes down faster than it does going up. It, it, it
0: so. does. It comes down <laughs> much faster. Uh, but they were trying to be careful, maybe not kill people. So they right. were. You know, it's going to take a week or two. Anyway, (laughs) I I decided yesterday, before yesterday, to go back with my camera. I was procrastinating some other thing (laughs) I needed to do. So that seemed the perfect task. And I went down, and I just parked and just spent the morning wandering around. Eventually, I talked my way onto the construction site. Uh And they kind of were sending me back. But they let me through the gate. Yeah. And so I was kind of standing around taking pictures. And there was one photograph I, I mean, I just loved the, the destruction of it all, but mm-hmm. there was a photograph with like blue sky and silhouette of sort of these metal twisted rebar rebar mm-hmm. things so that that picture came out. <clears throat> I put it on instagram and and I liked it um, and I thought I would like to see this like mm-hmm. this is that's that it, every day I was waking up wondering what it looked like large, and that's, that's cool. kind of what you want to be feeling like I can't I need to see this picture. I'm How not big done. Did you print it. I printed it 13 by 19. So cool. it's it's big. It's is here. It here. It's can I here. See it? Yeah, I can show it to you. I'll go grab it. Yeah, go grab it. For me to grab it now?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh my god. Go goodness. grab it now. Okay. Oh, hold, <laughs> hold on. You can chat.
1: I can chat by myself. Chat. <laughs> so, uh, I'll narrate what Ruben is doing. He's going to the back of the studio. He's grabbing it off of the uh, kind of the back wall, of the plotter. <laughs> He has the print. He has actually several prints, okay, so, so we get to look at three, them. Oh, these. wow, that so cool.
0: I printed these three sort of together yesterday. Can I hold them? Uh, yeah, go Oh, cool. Right? And so... It's, I mean, it's so good...
1: graphic. It's yeah, like, it's... and the sky is so matte. It's like a right. deep turquoise teal
0: I did nothing color. to that. I mean, wow. compositionally, of course, it's a lot of thinking about what you want to see mm-hmm. and what I'm cropping out. And I can show you the rest of the pictures that led up to this if you're yeah, curious. Yeah, absolutely. But, like, I was looking at the light on the the rebar, the shadows on the, in the broken building here. And, I, you know, I...
1: So I'm just going to describe what this kind of looks like um, for people that aren't looking at the show notes actively, but it's almost three or four fifths of the, of the background. So it starts on the left hand side all the way over. It's this like really solid color, um, like a dark teal, dark, dark, kind of dusty blue in a way. Mm -hmm. And then there's these... Almost like these fingers or these noodles, like underwater, that are that are rigid forms. They're rebar, but they look almost like fluid and sort of soft. Almost like these curls that are tangled against the last strip on the far right-hand side, which is that one-fifth or so, um, is almost is the concrete, but it also looks incre- like pretty flat. You're not seeing any mm-hmm. much differentiation. There's a slight kind of gradation from the top of the f- top right to the it's- bottom. Right, yeah. and then there's like the edging is almost like this dark, super black kind of um, crevice canvas that's like cutting into and the it's concrete, in the sh- and
0: it's in the shade, in, like yeah. so it's shaded here, and the light is hitting some of the rebar. Exactly, yeah. So you get a good, you get good detail in the rebar. It's not blown out. It's not just silhouetted. It's a range. Some are in silhouette, and some have detail. Yes,
1: exactly. No, it I, looks I mean, super cool. It's
0: super cool, and I've tried it where the. This was a little bit further over. I've tried it mm-hmm. where I was a little bit further back.
1: Yeah. Well, and what I like too is like you, when you first handed it to me, I thought it was a different way. Oh yeah. I kind of thought but that it worked vertically
0: this way. I do like it I vertically that that as was... well.
1: It feels something about it because then it almost feels underlit, like the light's coming up.
0: True. But it, I guess I like the anti-gravity-ness of this. Yeah. I, I don't know. I like I, it
1: both I, ways. It's
0: It's cool. Anyway, that... That sort of what got me to print yesterday. I love or the other it. Day. Can we
1: see the other yeah. ones? What so, led up to this?
0: So once I had that, I'm like, okay, I'm sitting at the printer. What else do I want to do? Oh, cool. Okay, so this is a, a black and white shot. Um, uh, a friend is uh, smoking an old school joint. and We were in Los Angeles. This was uh, probably about six months ago. And we're in his backyard in the sun streaking across and just happened to be hitting the little tufts of smoke and i thought so
1: cool it almost looks otherworldly so everything else is sort of muted in the background there's this paisley back of a chair or wall tapestry or something i can't totally make it out you see only the shoulder of a denim chambray shirt a hand holding a joint and then a, a knee with a giant scar running right. across it and then, this, and then the smoke in the middle of the page where there's again kind of doors in the background on the right hand side uh, but the smoke has been highlighted by the sun but it looks like it, it just pops off the page
0: yeah and, and you also have some reflection in the windows behind yeah. here so it kind of pulled in there that's it, it so worked. cool right so I, I took this and i've I've also wanted to see this printed. I knew that it looked good small, but I love smoke so much. And there's um, so much
1: detail in that. It, it's just really. It kind of, what I love too is like the play of it almost feels like the paisley of the back wall of this back tapestry thing uh-huh. that it's kind of come to life. And knowing that that's a giant right. is yeah. even funnier. Yeah. But um, it's kind of like come to life and almost spun its own pattern in yeah, the, middle yeah. of the frame. Yeah. Cool. So
0: it's a, uh, I quite, quite like this picture. <laughs> this is so cool. I like yeah. it. Yeah. And then the third one. Wow, this
1: is the Emperor's New Print. It's all white. Just it's, it's an <laughs> no. empty piece of matting. So this
0: one is an interesting example of something that I also have loved in social media. Wow. I have loved it on my Facebook, and I don't like the print. Huh? Now I now I didn't. I'm not done. Clearly, the first time you hit print and you look at how an image is going to come out large, you need to make adjustments. I want to darken the what came out is kind of greenish background, uh-huh. I think I would darken that up. I would whiten this part up, the Sonoma sign. I'm looking out my apartment window in a pouring rain in the middle of okay. the night and there's a street light hitting the, the rain the rain. And so I slow down the exposure to get the streaks of the rain in cool. the street light. And you know, this is where I live. Yeah. And so it's to me it's a kind of a self portrait of sorts. So i I like many things about it, but i I'm not sure it rises totally to a place that a large print delivers, you know? yeah, I, I don't know. With to me it one, takes more work
1: yeah with this one I um it, it's it's soup first of all, what strikes me is like just the angle is really fascinating. Um it, it you are looking way down and then the it's almost feels kind of like ninety degrees. It's not quite, but just with the long streaks of rain and how you captured that, mm-hmm. it looks very. Um, graphic novel, like kind of, yeah. You know, it's just a. It yeah. looks like it's been drawn. The print itself is really. It's almost like a sepia tone green, like sage yeah, but, army but sepia. But I it's wish it wasn't. Weird. I wish it wasn't too. Right. Um. But then it. What's cool is like, I don't know. I, I almost feel like with this one, I think what distracts me is this car. I think like oh. if you cropped that out, I would actually feel like the the ground. It was more expansive. Otherwise, this feels you know like if you yeah, cover if you cover that
0: compositionally if i shorten this i don't like the proportions
1: mm, can you burn it out No, or I, could, I
0: could maybe burn it out but you got these streaks i, I don't yeah. know yeah. i don't know and then even though this didn't bother me when it was small when it's big the deck is here and it's just totally because you know, it's
1: too blurry it or almost just of...
0: looks like a like a mistake mm. i'm not sure i'm not yeah. sure and so this is a good here.
1: But that's yeah, I think it's this well this is actually really fun. I like yeah, this. It's a good <laughs>
0: example. It's a good example of the sort of the differences between seeing it online yeah. and what the experience of printing it is in that you want to live with it. Like I don't know the answer to whether that's good or not mm-hmm. and I won't until it's sitting on my wall for a while and yeah. I decide I I just keep loving like this one. It's about 6 months old.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, and I'm pointing to the The smoke, the one with the smoke. Yes, I keep coming back to it on social media and keep having that same feeling of, "God, I, I love that picture." That's, and you don't uh, feel that with everything you do. Sometimes you loved it in the moment, and now you come back to it and you stare at it, and there's just nothing more there. It's just I don't know. But each, all three of these have something to me that compels me forward it's uh as we talked about in one of the shows it has sort of mystery to it yeah. a, a drama of some kind yeah. it's not just a picture of a sign or not just a picture of a a, a cigarette but it's um like there's a mis- there's there's a lot of things happening here there's both the mystery of the person and the strange it's almost like the, this Cartier-Bresson um with the guy behind the train station mm-hmm. right You've got that instant captured, but there's a number of little details in this carte-de-visite. is the the guy stepping out has kind of the same form as the thing on the wall behind him. Oh yeah. Right? You see the little mm-hmm. figure on the poster? Yeah. Like how strange is that? What a kind of funny coincidence. And then it says Raelowski mm-hmm. on the sign and there's a lots of sort of, we're behind a train station. Mm-hmm. But there's lots of sort of visual train-like motifs. On The, the ladder thing on the ground is almost like train tracks. The, the fence is almost like train tracks. Yeah. So in that same way, when I look at the smoky picture, the paisley has kind of an echo feeling of the smoke. There's the mis- mystery of the the smoker and the reflection becoming part of the smoke. Like there's, yeah. there's a couple things happening here. Maybe it mm-hmm. doesn't rise to the level of, but it's yeah but it's definitely got more to it than just like a picture of someone holding a cigarette
1: well and i think that's it it's um i was giving this metaphor yesterday where we were talking about the importance of kind of coming up with a, a theme or a, a campaign and needing to have sort of for something to have more legs it can't be something that's just like oh i get it, it it's um like you can't be sort of pedantic on like this is you or you know i I don't want to say the exact theme without because that would not be good um so i can't give the exact example but Uh it's like the example the metaphor i gave is like we want something that has more more um interest more legs like you want to stare at a picture in a museum when you can't figure it out if it's a first Mm -hmm. read and you get it you kind of walk away and the idea of like um, the strategist I was talking to was kind of riffed on that. Like, absolutely. It's like the Mona Lisa. You mm-hmm. know, you don't want to be, you're, everyone talks about her because is she smiling? Is she not smiling? Like, what's going on? What is she smiling about? All these different things that are sort of ambiguous. And so people try to figure it out. It's not like, say, just I've put never, a big smiley face I have on it. I've
0: say, I've never found the Mona Lisa particularly compelling. I, I Maybe I just haven't had enough art history class. But mm-hmm. when I look at that f- painting, both in photos and the real thing, there's nothing about it that makes me like like everyone jokes about it like what is she thinking is she smiling and I think who cares <laughs> it's Look, like, I don't get it I, I don't think get it I think you're
1: also looking at it with a kind of a modern context Maybe. Maybe. and so you're yes. see, you're looking back at time but like yeah the paintings like this have now been painted for centuries but then it it was That was not the style that portraits were painted. And so I think that there's a little bit more context there, but also maybe that's not your, you know, the Mona Lisa isn't your thing. It isn't my thing. Maybe the Cartier Brisson is your thing. And so you get to say, let me figure this out more. I wanna look because I'm starting to see patterns, but I haven't fully figured it out yet. I wanna look longer. Mm -hmm. Your brain doesn't figure it out on a first read. So I think what I, getting back to your photography and getting back to this mystery smoker, The smoke kind of draws you in of like, why is it glowing like that? And then you look deeper, and it feels like there's almost this rhythm, like Alice in Wonderland and the caterpillar, where he, you know, as he kind of morphs as this smoke ch- uh, as the smoke sort of changes, it has a little bit of that feeling in a modern in a modern sort of way. I wonder who this I wonder who the smoker is. I wonder what's happening with the rest of the afternoon. I wonder what they're seeing in the smoke.
0: <laughs> you can guess what's happening can, with the rest of that. I can I mean thing. I can yes. guess. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think what's really interesting about just looking at your pictures now too is they're all really those are three really different prints from each other. You know, they're yeah. like they're one is yeah. very graphic, one is kind of it almost feels like th- that there's a story there. I'm trying to figure out what that story is. And the other one, um, what I like is you're defining it as a self-portrait. Uh-huh. That is, as you're looking off of th- your deck down onto Sonoma Street sign in a rainstorm, that that's something you see every day. So it's kind of like your church pictures as well, where mm. it's something that you repeatedly take pictures of. Um, but they're all very different from each other. What would you say... I mean, without an identifiable style, this is not like this kind of does a cross-section of your work, but what are some of your influences?
0: It's tricky. I I think that it's hard as a photographer, and I I see this all the time where people ask, uh, what do you take pictures of? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of photographers wrestle with the answer, unless they're like, I do portraits, or I do architecture, uh, or landscapes. I think most people, certainly most hobbyists, just take pictures of whatever. They've got their camera with them, so it's just pictures of their life, right? Um, so that's me too, right? Yeah. That's why these three three photos are so different, but it literally in all three cases, I just had my camera with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say the Sonoma Street picture, uh, it's not M- Monet at... Giverny <laughs> <laughs> but it, you know Giverny is that how you say it Giverny
1: uh, Giverny I think Giverny we, we uh, can google this should we google it now so we have it right
0: yeah I guess so I was, I've always wondered how to say that
1: Giverny French Giverny Giverny there we go Giverny Giverny <laughs> Giverny
0: <laughs> alright well Monet and Giverny wow oui
1: oui <laughs>
0: Bien sûr. No, I, I don't even speak French. Okay, um, so you know he. One of the things that's particularly interesting about that for me is that he's just got this one venue and he just keeps painting it. He yeah. spends his whole life just revisiting this thing, and over time he's seen it in a million lights and mm-hmm. he's and. That's the way I feel about Sonoma Street, right? Mm-hmm. I live on the street and uh, and I've got a camera all the time and I'm home a lot and so I'm photographing the area, the church and the things in my neighborhood all yeah. the time. And I hope that in 20 years of shooting, you end up with sort of really finding those moments. And it's not just like the most beautiful sunset, right. but just those things that are the the street for me and how it was to live there in the mm-hmm. 2000s or whatever it was. And I think that, for me, that rain picture of the sign is one of those pictures that just, like, that feels like one of four pictures that I might have over my whole lifetime that kind of is that street for me. That's cool. Uh, I don't know. You never do, know for sure.
1: This is not, I want to hear about your influences, but mm. um, and maybe we talk about this later, but it just made me think of, how do you think AI will change how we do that middle part of our photography process? So where we look at kind of the curation of... Going back and looking at your photos and recognizing the best ones, do we? Do you think? Do you see a future where we would just turn it over and be like, "All right, AI, which one is the best?" And mm-hmm. then we choose from that.
0: Um, yes, we'll do it, and no, it won't replace this. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean it won't happen. Yeah. Uh, just like the the software in your phone, I think what you're we're doing is we're raising. You know, we're taking thousands of pictures that we didn't used to take. Right. And on average. They're better quality than any consumer pictures ever have been right. because it's using sort of computational photography. It it's kind of shooting video and then it's making a picture out of the video it right. shot. Right? It's finding the best, cleanest, whatever parts.
1: That's right. It already does that. For it does that. Photo. It's doing that now. Yeah.
0: It'll do that more. Mm-hmm. And then AI, you add more AI onto that, and then when I have a thousand pictures of something, it will find a couple good ones. So on average, for most people, considering the trillions of pictures taken, they'll be happier with what they've got. They'll have these nicer whatever. But I think for anyone discerning, you you aren't ever going to turn it over, both both, right. sort of from an exposure or photographic standpoint. I'm not going to let it average a bunch of pictures. Like, imagine, none of those three pictures could have been averaged from anything else I was shooting.
1: No, absolutely not. Nor
0: would it ever have picked them. So... But they're also kind of unusual, which Mm is partly why I like them. Because they rise. And in fact, as I look through the entire collection of stuff, all the things up on the walls here at Neo Modern, Mm -hmm. none of them could have been pulled out of an AI sort of averaging of pictures or selecting the best based on any discernible set of traits, whether it's in focus or whether Mm -hmm. it's composed in this clean way or the colors are brighter.
1: Hmm.
0: None of the... it, It would lose all of that. And so I think... Again, for most people in most photography, it'll be better. But for people who are hobbyists, which is kind of where we started this—people who enjoy photography, trying to—it's like saying is the same thing. You know, you used to have to go out hunting and you'd get up, you go, spend all afternoon hunting, and then you get your venison Mm -hmm. and you bring it back and you cook it and whatever. And now it's better because you just go to the store and can get some a slice of meat and you're done so we have replaced that well i mean but unless you happen to like hunting right. or you like the process i mean <laughs> right. unless you like something about what it means to be connected to your food and mm-hmm. having all that but it's way more efficient mm-hmm. and more people can eat meat because they would not go hunting right. so i think that it's it's definitely better for society at large mm-hmm. but it's not really better for photography at all i don't think it impacts people who consider themselves photographers or people who enjoy the hobby of photography, I think it has absolutely no bearing at all.
1: Well, I mean, just as an interesting thought, a provocative thought, I mean, AI can learn anything. So, I mean, effectively you could give AI all the Cartier-Bresson photos and it would learn that those are the best and it would say, this is my Cartier-Bresson editing or editor of my photos. What photo does it pick? And then this is my, let me, I'm looking around. This is my, my Duicinot, yeah. um or Duano mm-hmm. editor. And it picks the Duano selection, which wouldn't be the same. I mean, just kind of an okay. interesting thought. All right. is all right. It doesn't uh, have to be the averaging of all great photography, because I think you lose the voice. You right. lose like that individuality, which makes you know, each person's perspective unique. So, so,
0: you're, so you're wondering whether I could use as a training set basically for AI Duano's pictures and then it could then look through my pictures to find the Duano-esque moments.
1: And where I'm going is, yes, you could, you know, you could have these other editors, but two, as you like your own photos and you say, this is what I like, this is what I like, this is my vision, mm-hmm. you get to train it to be the the Ruben editor.
0: Hmm. Cool. It could be. It could be.
1: I don't know. Just a thought.
0: Again, I sort of feel like that's the work I like to do.
1: Right. Well, I mean, it's um, part of the process.
0: And and so here's the other thing that's, you know, maybe came up in in some of our earlier shows, but there's something that's nice in photography when you capture, when you surprise yourself, Mm -hmm. when you go out of where you thought it was going to go, when you (laughs) caught what you didn't think you were going to catch. Right. And I wonder if the training data could ever really understand the idea of surprise Mm -hmm. like oh my god that is delightful in its unusualness can that be trained into uh computational photography and i don't know we could have people from apple's computational photography group here and maybe we'll we'll ask them
1: that would be great i I have fights
0: all the time with these guys and (laughs) uh because i'm not a big fan of computational photography i feel like it undoes something that i like to do for me but you're right if it was sufficiently um advanced maybe it is actually kind of amazing
1: i think let's do it
0: i want to insert a pet peeve of mine from instagram okay (laughs) (laughs) i don't know it comes out of nowhere but we're it's that kind of episode will
1: be influences the rest of part a i'm gonna be ranting
0: like an old dude pissed off about kids standing (laughs) in the yard Right?
1: grumpy uh, grumpy (laughs) Grumpy old man (laughs) let's let's have it
0: um (laughs) i cannot stand it when people post on instagram Two or three pictures that are practically the same. Especially, it's like a portrait. Like here's me, click, and now here I'm looking a little more solid, and then here I'm smiling a little bit, and then I'm a little in profile, Mm. and they're the same picture, with the the most subtle differences makes me crazy it
1: makes you crazy because you feel like they're not doing their job as a just photographer pick and deciding one.
0: you're wasting my time I don't want to see like why don't you just send me a 3d scan you know it's like I'm not looking at it for that and uh, like yes you have a lovely smile yes you have a great profile it's yeah. like what a ridiculous thing and it's not that it's bad to do the selfies because it could be I see this of anything of waterfalls whatever but you have to you have to use your own I to pick the picture i'm, I'm certain there were a 100 and they picked three they felt they couldn't decide between which three <laughs> and i feel like that's a cop-out and i'm i just want to put it on the record that you're being a loser pick one I, again i got no problem with the selfie just pick one you and know and public we'll enjoy this
1: announcement has been brought to you by <laughs> michael rubin thank you for tuning in until next time oh, man. <laughs> Get off my lawn. Get off
0: my lawn. You know, um, again, sort of an aside. uh,
1: Do another one. (laughs) 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 Oh,
0: I could have many. Well, you know, uh, people think that I am. There's this article on me where I'm looking. I'm in a dark room. A picture Mm -hmm. of me in my dark room when I was 16 Mm -hmm. or something like that. And the article is about uh, neo modern and mm-hmm. like why I believe in printing. But people, I
1: read this last week. Yeah, it's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's, absolutely, it's, pretty,
0: fantastic. it's very flattering. Um, people, the man look who at this. saved photography.
1: The, hmm? born, boor, the man born to save photography. Yeah, yeah, called? yeah.
0: That's what it says.
1: Read it, everyone. We'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to commandeer the show notes. I'm putting a link in it. The,
0: but, but people are reading that article and coming away with it, a, a takeaway that is, yeah, I miss being in the dark room. Or, yeah, darkroom film was the only real photography. Hmm. And that isn't my point. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think film is the only real photography. And I don't have any, I mean, I do romanticize being in the darkroom. But I I don't feel like that is implicit in what it takes to be a photographer. Mm -hmm. I do. And I think that that's different from feeling it is important to have a physical print. So I'm saying I don't care how you got the print. But making a print is important. But I think a lot of people have trouble separating the idea that I think making a print is important and that you need to be taking it with a negative and doing it in a dark room and putting it in chemicals to get the print.
1: I think it kind of is the the same metaphor that you gave for hunting, in a way. Mm. I mean, it's like the... This allows more people to kind of go and, and have it done. Maybe the metaphor is almost like if you really like deer hunting, you go deer hunting and then some people will actually do all of the meat preparation themselves, skin the I'm from the wow. Midwest so I actually know a lot more about this is than nasty. I should. This is but getting hang the deer in the garage. <laughs> let it bleed. This is we need to put a warning on the show now. Um, but then like skin it, prepare the meat to make the sausage, everything. Uh-huh. A lot of people don't they enjoy the kind of the, the hunting they believe in you know shooting their own meat and having that kind of connection to the land they will take it then to a butcher who does all of that for them
0: i see yes so
1: it's kind of like it takes out that middleman it doesn't remove you from the process and the interest of taking the, the picture but not i've you know i've never developed a picture in a in a dark room
0: mm-hmm and you're fine it doesn't
1: and i'm i'm absolutely okay with that because i I enjoy printing pictures and as someone who has
0: done and worked in the dark room i have no problem with you being a photographer who's never done that (laughs) that matters not at all not at all i'm reminded um you know over over the past decades i've written a bunch of books Mm -hmm. on different topics and i really um i grew up in a in a home where publishing was part of the that's what my mother did so i was comfortable with all those old elements of typesetting and cutting up the typeset text and getting a waxer and Mm. pasting it up and use ruby lith and lining tape and you laid out every page and it was like a little art creation and you went to the next and if you had a photograph, you'd put that in, and then you had to cut the text around the picture. and right. it was, You know, it was, it was complicated. And so there are people who did that, and people who were photographers, and mm-hmm. people who did typesetting, and tons of different jobs. But growing up in a small publishing company, I enjoyed all those tasks. It was fun to do them. So when I finally started writing my own books, I would write them, and I had a, a publisher that I was working with, and I would send in the manuscript, and they would say, we handle... You know, we have a, a compositor who will do all the layout. Mm-hmm. And and I would argue that you can't lay it out unless you're, like, the writer and, like, it's it's sculpture. Right. To me, sometimes a, a paragraph would go to the beginning of the next page, and I'd feel like I should edit out a few words so that it fits better here. Yeah. Or I want to put this picture right there. It's the perfect spot for the picture. I don't care about the efficiencies of it. I need the picture to break the text in that spot. Right. So there's all of these parts And to me, it was weird to write a book that was just a manuscript and you sent it in and then it came back as a book. Mm -hmm. Like the entire process was the creative process of making a book, both the writing and the illustrating and the layout. And I couldn't separate them in my head. Mm -hmm. The publisher felt I was very old school and that was weird Mm -hmm. that you don't need to do that. And I guess this is exactly what we're saying. People choose what, how much or how little of these processes. Um, uh, My friend uh, Reed would always say, like, you want to be mulching the paper, too? Yeah. Like, really? You want to hand-stitch <laughs> the binding? Like, where do you draw the line? <laughs> right. And I thought, okay, that's, I mean, he was teasing me, but I, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, photography, people get into for all kinds of different reasons. Sometimes it's just the hiking up a mountain and bringing your camera, and it gets you out, and you take that picture, and you care nothing about any other part of it. But for other people, like you come back and it's the darkroom work and the preparation and the printing. And then for other people, it's, I mean, there's just, there's as many reasons that people get into photography as there are probably photographers at some, some, at at some level. That said, I'm not sure I'm willing to concede the printing part. Like, I don't know that you, you're just picking and choosing the snapping of the picture up the mountain and you call yourself a photographer. And I guess for me that line is too that's too narrow a definition of of being a photographer of, of enjoying photography i i don't i don't know maybe yeah. it's rude to even
1: i guess i mean i guess judgment I would say on other people's printing is not limited to photographers though you know i mean that what do you mean uh, that you're saying to call yourself a photographer but you're not printing mm-hmm. i guess i draw that line differently i don't i don't think that like i wouldn't call myself a photographer but I enjoy taking photos and I enjoy like seeing them and printing them. So that's what I'm saying.
0: Would, like, don't you want to? Like y- you but should I never s- call
1: myself a photographer oh. is that, is that, is that first line? Oh, I so see. it's like, you're like, you're calling yourself a photographer, but you don't print. And I was like, no, I'm not even, I wouldn't even say that I'm, I'm there. It's mm-hmm. just a necessary part of like seeing what you're doing, seeing what you've worked on, seeing the moments that you've captured and beyond it being your own personal device if you want to share it with others, instead of just like shoving your phone in their face, Mm -hmm. the best way to do that is printing it out and putting it on your wall. And then you get to see it all the time, remember it all the time and talk about it.
0: Yeah. I have to think about this more.
1: Okay. To be continued.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's sort of a live and let live kind of thing. It's like, who cares what other people do? You just do what you like, enjoy your part of photography. Yeah. But I guess I, I... I think that anybody who enjoys the picture-taking part should at least explore the seeing-it-printed part.
1: I agree with that. You know, I completely agree with that. And make a
0: decision that. That, that I think they're missing. We, a whole generation has grown up without seeing physical prints. They're used to seeing it on glass. It's They're used to it being very quick and ephemeral, and yeah. that's fine. And I think this is probably very much like comparing uh, streaming on Spotify or listening to a band live. Mm-hmm. Like... You can say you love music. Those are three completely different experiences. The MP3 and, mm-hmm. this and the Spotify is so convenient and amazing, and you've got your entire music library right there. Mm-hmm. But that's, it doesn't. It's not meant to replace going and hearing someone play music. Yeah. Like that's a completely different. Accu- and even a record album has its kind of experience, right? I think that the experience of seeing a print large for a long period of time is new to a lot of people mm-hmm. and that's what I just I think people should try it if, especially if they consider themselves hobby photographers of some kind
1: yeah I, th- I think that's a interesting thought I also completely respond to what you're saying is there are so many people that have grown up without printing without yeah. like a family photo album I mean my mother took so many pictures of my sister and I they're literally I don't know maybe like 20 volumes between the time I you know I was born, and the time that I was graduating from high school, uh-huh. um, of, of the two of us. So I think it's a—it's uh, just we don't do that anymore. We don't necessarily make a book. We don't print them out. We don't have these dot these kind of uh, ledgers, I guess, of of our growing up. It's that it all just sort of lives digitally. Uh, yeah, and it's I, a shame.
0: I wonder. You know, it's funny. Someone said, you know, I was talking to Jerry Down the other day, and he said that. I mean, almost unilaterally, when someone's house is burning down, that grab feeling is grab the photographs, 100%. right? And the argument for the cloud is you shouldn't have to grab your photographs. They're hmm. all in the cloud. They're safe even if your house burns down or there's an earthquake. And I agree that having stuff in the cloud is a hedge yeah. to having a scrapbook because that's a very old-school physical lo- thing to lug around. And at the same time, the cloud could go away. and the phys- like. They each are... Are hedging some case yeah. of the future,
1: but they're dying there. They're not. We can't looking leave them in the them. cloud.
0: That's just a temporary back. It's like keeping all your money in, buried in a, in a mountain somewhere. Mm-hmm. You no, that's probably a lousy metaphor. You I was just thinking like, you just, can't access. It's not usable. It's 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 not really there until you turn it into cash and can spend it on something. It's it's just buried somewhere. It's
1: it's like a it, Roth IRA. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
0: Sort of, yeah.
1: (laughs) We can work on that metaphor. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Our show is recorded and produced in San Francisco. Go to neomodern.com slash podcast to get show notes, see photos, and post comments. Please leave reviews and ratings on iTunes or wherever you listen. And don't forget to subscribe.
0: We get new listeners from you telling your friends and spreading the word. If you know someone who might get something from us, even rambling like this today, send them (laughs) a link. Thanks to Mitchell Foreman for our theme music and all of you for hanging out with us. We appreciate your attention and hope we've given you some things to think about until next time.